Welcome back to Tell Them You Mean Business. I am so excited to welcome Billy Z from the Wisconsin Humane Society on the podcast today. Billy is the Corporate Philanthropic Advisor for the Wisconsin Humane Society and is here to talk about what this amazing organization does, their upcoming events, and how you can get involved and help out some animals near you. Also on this episode, listen to a case result reading about a client who was thrown from his motorcycle after colliding with a vehicle who ran a red light. Stay tuned for all this and more here on this episode of Tell Them You Mean Business. Well, I'm excited again to be back with the Tell Them You Mean Business podcast and my special guest, someone I've got to spend a bunch of time with, is Billy Zakshrevsky, the corporate philanthropic advisor. Billy, welcome. I'm glad I got not only your name right, but your title right, but welcome. I mean, to have you here from the Wisconsin Humane Society and talk about all the great things you're doing and the things we've done together, I'm super, super excited, so welcome. Thank you. It's absolutely an honor. And, uh, you know, I'm proud to be here because you guys are such good supporters, too. I, I want to point that out right away. Like, Hupie and Abraham, you guys have been uh, right by our side and really, really supporting our work. So thank you. How can you not be happy when you go to the Humane Society to get to play with animals and dogs? And um, you and I have been together when I've got to hug dogs and do stuff. And it, and it really feels good. Besides you guys doing amazing work, it's just fun, you know, to be at your locations and, and to see what you do. But let's talk a little bit about how you got involved in the Wisconsin Humane Society and how long you've been there and, and just tell us what you do there. Yeah, good question. Um, I've been with WHS just over 12 years now, so quite a while. Um, I used to do animal care and adoption counseling. So if we talk about kind of the services that we offer, the things people are familiar with, you're adopting and such. You know, I've been there, I've been doing it. Um, after that, I worked with a volunteer team as part of management for that and working with our wonderful volunteers. A lot of people like to get involved that way. Um, and I'm in fundraising, so kind of that liaison for companies that want to support our work. And, you know, fundraising can be tough, but as you said, it's fun when people like puppies and kittens and things like that. So yeah. it makes my job a little easier. Yeah, you've taken harder and harder roles along the way, and now you probably have what's the hardest role, and that is, you know, getting people to give money. But it's so important. And, you know, my staff has obviously picked the Wisconsin Humane Society or the Humane Society in general as our charity of choice this year. And, and it's really been exciting. And let's talk about the Humane Society and when it founded and, and how it got into existence and just give us a little history about it. Yeah, I, I have to remind myself and quiz myself on the, the start date because it was so long ago. It's, it's 1879, so we're well over 140 years old as an organization. So it seems like just yesterday for you, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, uh, it it's unbelievable. It started here in Milwaukee um, serving people and animals, and since then it's continued to grow. Um, currently now we serve multiple communities. Uh, it was it was home to Milwaukee, but then uh, some other local communities asked if we could kind of partner up. And um, over the years, it seemed to make sense for us to do that. So um, first was Ozaki uh, County, their Humane Society reached out. So now they are part of the Wisconsin Humane Society. Um, shortly after Racine, same thing. Uh, and then most recently Green Bay and Door County. So we actually serve a lot of Southeastern Wisconsin. Um, 
for multiple different services, but most animal shelters are nonprofit local organizations, which we are too. Um, we don't receive government funding. Um, all of our all of our work is funded by supporters like you and anybody in the community, whether you're giving five bucks a month or something, it's all going to helping animals. So um, Southeastern Wisconsin, that's kind of kind of where we are. Um, we also have a spay neuter clinic in West Dallas as well. I mean, that's amazing that all these other communities uh, saw the needs, saw what you guys have done, and then got involved. And it, it's just such a great program. You know, COVID has been so challenging for all of us. How, how, how has the Wisconsin Humane Society adapted to what's happened during COVID? Has anything changed? Has the needs changed? Um, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, good question. Uh, initially, the, the, in the immediate response from our shelter team and our operations team was to uh, honestly uh, stop taking in animals from out of state. Uh, we actually take a lot of animals from southern states for dogs because we can. We move them quickly. The community responds great, so we can move even more animals than what we get in locally. But um, when COVID started, we weren't sure if we were going to get an influx of animals from people who are sick, people who were passing away or couldn't care for their animals, unfortunately. None of us really knew what was going to happen with that. So we kind of tried to pause and create as much space as possible within our shelter in case that were to happen. Um, luckily, uh, we didn't really see a giant influx of animals, uh, and we were able to kind of go on from there with all the appropriate procedures to try to keep everyone safe. But um, uh, uh, that was our first knee-jerk reaction to try to make sure in case something happened. But uh, we're, uh, I want to say back to normal. None of us are normal anymore these days, but um, kind of back to where we were before COVID as far as like numbers are getting real close to where they were. Had the adoption numbers changed at all during the last 18 to 24 months during that real critical COVID time? Yeah, uh, adoption went up, so we always move animals pretty quickly, but any animals we have, we're finding homes fast. A lot of people were home, they had more time, they were ready to have a companion at home, you know, and that was really important for for people who were really struggling. Um, you know, it was it's a tough, uh, obviously, the, the health side of things, but just mentally for all of us who were sure. going through it. So to have an animal there to support you and be with you uh, was really integral to a lot of people's lives. And uh, something that we didn't see uh, that, that really, really was actually a silver lining to COVID was our foster program. Um, we had a foster program, it was going well, but it really, really expanded during COVID because so many people had a little more time, availability, right. wanted to give back, and we had so many people sign up and, and take in foster animals that it's, it's we actually call it kind of our sixth shelter, just as virtual. So. Right. That's awesome. As I said before, I want to just switch gears if I can and talk about some of the things you guys have coming up and the, what you do throughout the year. Obviously, in 2022, the H Wisconsin Humane Society is our uh, employee charity of choice, and not just for our Wisconsin offices, but all of our offices throughout Wisconsin, Illinois, and Iowa. And I am so excited to say that our employees are going to give donations of over $10,000 to the Humane Society uh, this year. And that, you know, that is awesome that our employees just grasp our mission statement of giving back and have picked your charity. And uh, that's just amazing that it'll be that much and their time. I know we send groups of our employees uh, to the Humane Society to spend the day volunteering. And I think I have a big group going tomorrow. Can you talk a little bit about volunteer opportunities at the Humane Society and what's available for other people and businesses uh, to kind of come to you and help? Sure. Uh, well, two things. Once again, thank you for, for the, the generous uh, contributions. I know 
you know, uh, it, we are local to the southeastern Wisconsin, but we really do have a lot of adopters who come from surrounding areas. Um, and also, as I said, we do transport from out of state too. So it's not just Milwaukee animals that are being affected, it's really animals far beyond. We, we had, uh, which we can touch on later, but 62 beagles come in from Virginia, you know, recently. So, um, you know, anybody who's donating is helping uh, animals, not just in Milwaukee. But um, volunteering, um, most typical volunteerships are once a week, uh, two hour shift, ideally six months if you can. Uh, that's a typical shift. but. Um, Foster is a really great place for people to have some flexibility. You can have animals at home, you sign up on your own, get trained online, and you kind of can pick an animal that works for you. So super flexible. Um, and if you end up fostering and adopting the animal, that's a win-win for all of us. We're okay with that. So we call, we call those lovingly our foster failures, which, which is a good ending anyways. Yeah, how nice to have a foster failure be a huge success. That, that's amazing. Let's talk about pet walks. I know you have a bunch of those coming up. Uh, in Wisconsin during the summer months, I believe. Can you tell us about the four different locations that you have pet walks? Yeah, pet walk is one of our biggest events. Um, Milwaukee is obviously our, our, our biggest event. It's uh, usually in the middle of June, so that's past this year already. Um, it's on the lakefront. It's usually good weather and it's a beautiful day on the lakefront overlooking downtown. Uh, hundreds of dogs are there. It's great to go and watch dogs. They have we have vendors, we have activities, and it's, it's pretty casual, but it's a, a really nice time to gather together and, and help out give back to the Wisconsin Humane Society. Uh, this year, we specifically expanded to our other communities too. So we have one um, in Ozaki actually this weekend. Um, we have one in Door County. We also have one in Racine and Green Bay. So all of our locations have a pet walk as of this year, and that'll be, be going forward. So if anyone wants to get out there, that's a great way to kind of get involved and also give back to the community. Bark in the Park, talk about that for our listeners. Yeah, Bark in the Park is is kind of a, a different one. That's uh, brewers driven. Uh, we're grateful that they've come to us each year and wanted to partner with that and, and provide some some proceeds from the event. So uh, we were lucky to partner with you guys as well this year. So um, anybody who's a Brewers fan and you want to be able to take your dog with you, that's a great opportunity to catch a game and also be able to bring your uh, man's best friend with. Yeah, and how fun was that? You and I happened to be on the field before the game, and just it was so fun to see the sections of people with their dogs in the stadium. How did that get started, and whose bright idea was that? You know, I have to pause on there because uh, I know people weren't there to see me, you know, maybe people you, but definitely the Brewers. But um, I think the biggest uh, uh, cheer probably that night was for Pork Chop, the dog I brought with, just a giant pit bull who's an ambassador dog from us. And uh, honestly, he came on the Jumbotron, and everyone was going nuts. And I was walking past Yelich in the, in the bull, right. and then I'm walking up the, the – uh, up the stairs there, and every person he he were were cheering for him. He even stopped and put his head on a lady's lap. So uh, uh, it was it was really fun to be there. But uh, and I thought all that applause was for you and me, Billy. I didn't realize Pork Chop was getting all that applause. I thought it was for you and right. me. I rewatched the video. It was when his big face was on the screen. <laughs> it was only him. And the telethon is that your biggest fundraiser of the year? And tell us about that. Uh, Telethon is actually pretty new to us as an organization, um, and that one is really unique that uh, Fox 6 is actually really generous and, and, and partners with us to put that on. Um, you know, we were previously in the studio with them live. I can remember I was there answering yeah, phones plenty yeah, of times. Yeah, that's a good time. Um, unfortunately, COVID, they don't t weren't taking guests, so we pivoted and we, we hold it live in our shelter, which actually worked out well this year. So also a huge fundraiser for us. That's fun uh, to be able to, when we get uh, corporations, 
donations and people in to volunteer and answer phones to be able to connect with with the supporters who are calling in supporting our work uh, being able to kind of let them know about what we do and and uh, and connect with them directly it's a nice opportunity and I would say to our listeners if you have not gone to the Wisconsin Humane Society you should go there even to take a tour and see the it is fantastic and if there is a stigma still from people that these are sad places and you'd be depressed going there, I'm here to tell you that is absolutely not the case. You feel good when you walk in the door. I've been lucky enough to get a behind-the-scenes tour to see the the medical staff doing their thing and, and where the dogs and the other animals are when they're not out, uh, where people can see. And it is just a happy place, and, and you guys really do great stuff. So I encourage everyone, go out to the Humane Society. You, you will not be disappointed. I used to take my daughter there all the time. We've adopted from there, and it really just feels like a happy place. And uh, so I just want to give that little plug. Let's talk also about Paws and Claws Gala that's coming up. We'll be in attendance. Talk about that. I mean, you guys do so many awesome things. I mean, the list is just goes on and on and on. Let's talk about Paws and Claws. Our, our event team is very busy. Um, uh, they do amazing work. Uh, so if you haven't been to an event, it's a great opportunity. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's, a, it's nice because, you know, you have people that give back uh, monthly or they make a donation because they see something that pulls on their heartstrings. But this is something that you can really connect with our work. So, you know, if there's, there's usually something for you if you're looking at our website and seeing the different events right. going on. But uh, galas are, are our fancy event. It's held at the Fister every year at mid-October. This year it's October 15th. Um, so, you know, uh, my job is working with companies to, if they want to get involved, buy a table, sponsor. Um, uh, but anybody can attend. So if, if, if that's the type of event that you would be interested in, there's a silent auction, there's an exciting live auction, uh, great food, great drinks. Um, and then we have the best part of the night, honestly, is is the end of the night we usually play an appeal video about one of our programs. So this last year we had a video about our foster program and neonatal kittens. So we we didn't used to be able to support uh, kittens that you know need the support of their mother to survive. Right. And that's something over the last couple of years we said, you know, I think we finally have the resources and ability to commit to this, and we did. And um, and, and really the true heroes of the, the program is our, our foster volunteers. They take these animals into their homes and they're feeding them and, and um, having them go to the bathroom every two hours. So, you know, at 1 a.m., 3 a.m., they're up taking care of these kittens. And we just had an amazing video. Uh, oh, that's that was, great. That was capturing that. And, um, and all of the, the resources that go to support them to provide the care and the the tools and things to do that you know that's all from from all of our donors too so and my staff also talked to me today about the Amazon wish list you guys have T- tell me how that got started and how someone if they were interested in that could find out about it and get more information just generally about the humane society yeah we uh, always looking for donations um, so if, if you have um, you know uh, if you have want to buy food for us at a store or um, you can go there through chewy there's all we have a, a donation list on that website Amazon is great. You can quickly see our wish list and what we our highest needs are. That's great because those are things that our staff have specifically chosen that are going to directly affect the work of the animals within our shelter. Um, we also have a food pantry for the public. So any food or treats or things that we can't use in the shelter, uh, we pass along to the public. And we have people coming in every day asking for food and anything that we have, we just we give to them. So um, it's going to be good put put to a good place either way. Um, one other plug for Amazon is if you haven't before, there's a program called Amazon Smile, and if you sign up for that, um, 
it actually every part of your proceeds come back to us too. And it literally, if you do a little Google research, it takes about five minutes to switch it over on your phone. I finally did it, and you know, <laughs> you'd be surprised how much money you spend on Amazon. <laughs> At the end of the year, they'll cut them. A, uh, they'll send a donation, and uh, however much you're spending, they're we're getting a proceed. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. How did you yourself get involved with the Humane Society? Like, what brought you there in the first place? Yeah, uh, well, I was an art major, so. <laughs> So anybody, so a natural connection, yeah, art to the humane society. Yeah, anybody who has a non, uh, you know, a typical, a typical type of degree, you know, tends to end up uh, caring for animals. So, um, you know, I graduated college during the recession and was kind of in that space. And eventually, you know, who doesn't love animals? And said, hey, that seems like a fun gig. Right. Started doing that, and then you know, here we are, twelve years later. So, um, you know. Uh, we do have some very, very um, technically gifted staff. We have a full behavior staff who, you know, are highly trained and highly certified in animal behavior. Um, obviously, each of our shelters have uh, certified uh, veterinarians and vet technicians, which is a huge asset to the animals that come in. We're not outsourcing veterinary care. We have people on staff to see those animals, to treat them for the many illnesses they have. Um, so it's it's a it was a winding road for me, but um, you know if you love animals and you want to get involved, there's there's probably a place for you, whether it's working or or volunteering. Well, you guys do such amazing work. Every time on my schedule, when I see I'm doing something with the Humane Society or you or any of your other staff, I really feel good about it. And I just want to say thank you to you and your staff for making such a big difference. And if someone wants to learn more about the Humane Society, get involved, volunteer, do whatever, learn about all these events we've talked about, put out there the best way for someone to find out about you guys and all the great things you're doing. Yeah, get get on the website. Um, it's all there. It's it's a lot, but everything that you'd possibly want to know is pretty much on our website. Or, and s- say the website. Uh, wihumane.org. Okay. Thank you for that reminder. Um, Facebook also, a lot of stuff goes on there. We have Instagram, uh, Twitter. I think we even recently made a TikTok. So uh, if, if you look it up, there's pretty much everything that you want to want to check out. Um, but volunteering, everything is really automated, getting started, fostering, things like that. So check out the website and it'll get you where you need to go. Awesome. Well, I want to say thank you for being a guest on the Tell Them You Mean Business podcast. But before you leave, we have a new game that oh, we yeah. play with all of my guests, uh, and so... I wasn't prepared for that. I know. I no one is. Yet, no one is prepared. Today, we are going to play Hupy and Abraham Traffic Jam Pet Safety Edition. But we're going to ask you a few questions, and you'll have 60 seconds to get three right answers about safe driving practices regarding animal safety. I, I haven't read these questions. I have no idea how my crack team came up with them but we're going to ask them quick. We're going to see how many you get right. I'm sure there's a trick question in here. So question number one, we all know it isn't safe to leave your pet dog in the car on a hot day. It is generally safe to leave an animal in your car when the outside temperature is above freezing and below how many degrees? A, 100 degrees, B, 70 degrees, C, 55 degrees. I'm really glad it's multiple choice, but it's still a toss-up. I'm going to say 70, but I'm afraid it's 55. (laughs) You are right. It's 70. So you got that right. And I want to say I don't think I am excited about a pet owner leaving their dog in the car at any degrees. That's just me. Okay, question number two. How many states in the U.S. currently have laws against leaving animals in park vehicles? A, 8, B, 19, C, 31. 
I have no idea. I'm going to be an optimist here and hope for 31. You are right. C31. Loose pets inside a vehicle can be unsafe for drivers and the pets themselves. What percentage of pet owners in the U.S. use restraints for their pet while driving? A16, B58, or C33? It's got to be the lowest. You're right. 16. Billy, not only are you a great guest, but you are also on top of all of the Hupie and Abraham questions that we had today. Thanks so much for being a guest. It's always great to be with you and, and enjoy the rest of the summer. Thanks so much for your time. Case result reading. Our client was driving his motorcycle through an intersection when a vehicle disregarded the red light and pulled out directly in front of him. The collision threw our client from the motorcycle and he suffered two compression fractures in his back. The at-fault driver claimed that he had a green light and based on his statement, his insurance company refused to make any kind of settlement offer. Attorney James Carlson filed a lawsuit against the at-fault driver. Within weeks, the insurance company agreed to tender their policy limits of $100,000. To review more cases like this, visit hupi.com under the results section. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Tell Them You Mean Business. Be sure to look out for our upcoming Tell Them You Mean Business social media contest in October, where you have the chance to win a professional podcasting microphone and studio headphone kit. This contest will begin on October 1st on the Hupy and Abraham Instagram and Facebook pages. Good luck. If you want more information about the topics covered on this podcast, visit hupy.com or email info at hupy.com. And remember, if you're injured in an accident, call Hupie and Abraham at 800-800-5678 to tell them you mean business.